Hello and welcome to a very spectacular episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I am Scary Scarlet. And I'm confused and in loving this. We're, we're your animates and one of us is way more into Halloween than other. Uh, but welcome to that, our Halloween. That's unfair. The audience can't see this, but this is my friend on my desk. Oh, there's an adorable pumpkin with googly eyes. Okay. All yeah. right, you're in the spirit. You have more decorations up than me. I don't have any decorations up yet. I struggled. I this also morning. have a Christmas tree. I, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> that's that's all Halloween decorations. I I struggled this morning to uh, tape some spider webs to the front door of my apartment. Um, but my regular tape wasn't strong enough, and I was scared to use stronger tape because I thought it might rip the paint off my front door, and then I would be lose my security deposit. So I have a very, very unspooktacular door, and it makes me sad. But you know what is spooktacular is this podcast, because today we're taking our cartoon time machine around to all of our favorite cartoon Halloween specials in honor of the spookiest day of all, which is when this episode is coming out. Oh, I'm so excited. I love Halloween. Favorite holiday, Katie. Do, do when when you were a kid, did you have any any special any special cartoons that you liked to watch for Halloween? On Halloween, for Halloween, less so. I think I think I just watched what was on, which was usually would be reruns of different ones. Um, I'm sure I've seen uh, "It's a Great Pumpkin" Charlie Brown more times than I remember. I um, mean, it's a classic, isn't it? I mean, that one. Yeah just is Halloween. It just, uh, it gets you so in the mood. I mean, I, I, I just watched it the other night, actually, and I, I feel like every single moment has been just permanently etched into my memory, like the, the World War One flying ace, and Linus jumping into the leaves with his wet sucker, and Charlie Brown's happy little dance when he gets invited to the Halloween party, and how cruel Lucy was afterwards. Oh my god. Children are awful. I think, honestly, the thing that strikes me the most as an adult watching uh, Great Pumpkin is just how how awful children and adults are. Like, can we unpack the fact that Charlie Brown gets literal rocks thrown at him when he tries to trick or treat? What's up with that? Yeah. I I feel like Keep Charlie Brown is of a hate crime. Like, <laughs> should we rally around him? Why are adults giving out like piles of candy to these other children? And poor Charlie Brown, who has done nothing but show up in a, a poorly cut out ghost costume asking for candy, gets rocks hurled into his bag. Who does that? Great question. And I don't have an answer for you. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm, is, is, that, is that worse than getting razor blades in your candy? Because like, I know that's a myth and that like, that doesn't actually ever really happen. But like, at least you still get the candy. You have a razor blade too, but like you get the candy. Charlie Brown just got a rock, no candy. You're asking a great question. That's, that's my hot take. If you can take one sound bite from, from this and take, play it out of context, it is me endorsing uh, razor blades and candy. Um, I'm sure Rachel will put this as our weekly video on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in trouble, I think. <laughs> a little. <laughs> So yeah, so that 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 I think is the the most classic one, uh, Great Pumpkin. Uh, obviously, there's not not too much else to say about about this this classic one. I feel like that's you know you haven't had a childhood if you haven't watched Great Pumpkin, and frankly, you haven't had an adulthood if you don't rewatch it every few years or so to rekindle the magic. Um, or if you're like me, just rediscover how horrifying it is. Um, but 
how about another creature of Halloween other than the Great Pumpkin? What if there was one that was a little more sinister? And what if he didn't come on Halloween, but instead came in the middle of summer? That's right, I'm talking about Summerween, the Gravity Falls special. I, I love this one. This is, this is a really, this is, it's probably the one of the most modern specials we'll talk about um, because I feel like a lot, of, a lot of cartoons don't really do Halloween specials as much anymore. Um, a lot of it's just because of timing with when shows are released. There's very few of them that have the full 26 episodes, you know, starting in September and going until June. Um, so there's less opportunities for that uh, Halloween special. But Gravity Falls, uh, given that it takes place entirely in summer, uh, had to get a little bit creative with how it was going to do their Halloween special. Uh, so they did Summerween. Uh, and they they managed to really capture, I think, the all the fun things about Halloween, uh, even the the terrifying parts. Uh, for spoilers for for those of you who haven't seen the episode, skip, skip ahead if you don't want to be spoiled for a very good uh, very good Halloween special. Um, but the the Summerween trickster who terrorizes our main characters uh, throughout the episode just is this really horrifying no face esque uh, sinister blob that eats children and we watch him eat children poor Gorney he's been traumatized but traumatized. He, he has and that's why we love Gorney um he's he the submarine tri trickster is just a really terrifying creature uh I feel like if I'd seen it as a young kid I would have been pretty pretty freaked out um but the the twist of of who what the trickster is that he is actually just loser candy I found that so clever when I first saw it because I feel like it's one of those things that never got addressed in any other like Halloween media that like there is a ranking of Halloween candy and like you got your chocolates at the top and then maybe some fruity or gummy candy in the middle and then there's the stuff that sticks to the bottom of your candy bag that you don't touch until like everything else is gone and you don't have any choice you just are jonesing for some sugar uh, you know, see that that's your like Smarties and Sweet Tarts, your Werther's Caramels, although I really like those. Um, circus Peanuts. Has anyone in the world actually enjoyed Circus Peanuts? They're, they're the consistency of styrofoam, but like really chewy and they taste like banana. What? And they're called peanuts. Like everything about them is stupid. I, it's stupid. Well, what was the, what was the worst thing that you could get in your, in your Halloween basket when you're trick-or-treating? Um, I mean, they're always the places that gave out raisins. Anything that didn't give out candy was sad. But I mean, like, I didn't like caramel as a kid Ooh. or like caramels that much. I've learned to like like a Twix bar nowadays. I eat a Twix bar in a very odd way, I think. And oh, do tell. It's a time. So, How do you eat a Twix bar? I take the Twix and I bite into it, flipping it so I'm only getting the caramel. I eat just the caramel and the chocolate on top, and then I eat the cookie. Okay, that, that's not the worst. I've, I've seen people eat Kit Kats that way. Um, I'm just a shove the whole thing in my mouth as quick as possible kind of person. That's, that's okay. how I've got um, my candy. Yeah, I think and it, like Milky Way, Almond Joys, Mounds. I don't like coconut. I hate coconut. Mm. Yeah, I I didn't like coconut as a child, but now as an adult, I've I've developed an appreciation for it. And I still don't like mounds, but that's more a, a dark chocolate issue. 
I I can mess with an almond joy. I like a good almond. No, joy. you can because when I get candy and it has almond joys, I would give them all to you, along with the Twizzlers, another candy I don't like. Yeah, as I recall, you and I are very good candy partners. I think a lot of the candies you hate, I really like. Yeah, and we have multiple times because we've had candy events multiple times. Like when Easter happened, I hosted a candy, like an Easter egg hunt in my apartment because my father was like, I bought you candy and eggs. And I went, cool. Yeah, um, but I we did like, trade our candy and it went well. I think I came away from your Easter party with like a sack of Twizzlers because there was a lot of Twizzlers hidden around and you wanted nothing to do with them. And I love Twizzlers. So I'll eat a Twizzler. But like, I don't, licorice is just okay. Twizzlers aren't really licorice though. Like they're just gummy candy. They have licorice like flavors in them. Anise, I, I, I get slight amounts of the anise. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All I, all I know is that black licorice uh, Twizzlers are just the worst. I hate them. I love black The licorice. rainbow Twizzlers are weird. Oh, those are weird. No, I'm with you. Just plain strawberry Twizzlers. Those are perfect. Those, those are acceptable. Are part of the submarine trickster. Submarine trickster is only made out of the bad uh, Twizzler flavors. And also the nerve. I mean, your siblings were older than you. Did you ever have to do the end of Halloween candy share where you try to pawn off your candy you didn't like on your siblings? I mean, I did that with friends. I didn't, you're right. My sisters are older. So I didn't, I didn't really trade candy with them. By the time I was trick-or-treating, they had sort of aged out. Um, but I did do that with friends quite a bit. Mm. Um, and the one thing, as, so as a kid, I hated peanut butter. So I could get a lot of returns from yeah. trading Reese's because for everyone else, Reese's were the best. And as an adult now, I love them. Um, but as a kid, I was all about the gummy. I wasn't even really that big of a chocolate kid. Weren't like, you I, technically allergic to peanuts at one point yes, and you just forced I, your way out of it? I forced my way out of a peanut allergy as a child. Yeah, they've discovered that I am actually technically allergic, but I've built up an immunity. Uh, not, not because of candy. I think more just because like it was an easy like sandwich to make for myself. So I just sort of forced myself to eat peanut butter and eventually now I love it. Um, I gaslit myself essentially. Um, is what, I would eat girl boss, Scarlett. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, so that is, is Gravity Falls and its greatest contribution uh, to the animated world, which is the uh, highlighting of loser candy, which I think is a PSA we all need. Uh, parents and people who give out candy on Halloween do not give out loser candy, do not give out raisins, do not give out pennies. What was, what was with old people giving out pennies? No, I figured it out. I figured out what's the worst thing. The worst thing. Popcorn balls. I like popcorn balls. They're okay. Like, I think if you made them yourself, they're okay. But the really rock hard ones some houses would give out were always bad. Um, I know the ones you mean. I know the ones you mean. I, I was more thinking of like the ones you get at like a Halloween party that are like homemade and are literally just like sugar and popcorn, which are. Yeah, great. that's okay. But the ones that are store bought popcorn balls, yeah. I have bad yeah. memories of those. I'm with you. Those are gross. Also, the, now we're just getting off on a totally uncartoon related tangent, but I have to call out the one house uh, near, near me growing up. So there's a street that had like all the rich person houses and it was like where you'd get like occasionally down the street, you get a full size candy bar. So all the kids would go there. Um, but it would mean that some houses ran out really quick and the average house would just shut off the porch lights in the universal sign of we are out of candy, go away. One house I remember multiple years kept going and would just start giving out random stuff in their house. And both years I ended up just getting a water bottle from that guy. 
And that was the worst because like, you couldn't say no, because he's offering you something. So it's not like you'd be like, oh no, it's okay. I don't want it. Um, but also then you have a whole water bottle like weighing down your candy bag and it was heavy. And if, if you, if you happened upon that house early in your run, you had to carry that, that water bottle for the rest of the night. It was heavy. So shout out to that one guy, one guy in Western Connecticut, uh, circa 2007. Uh, you're on my list. I don't, I don't like you guy from Western Connecticut in 2007, who was just trying his best to make Halloween good for the kids. <laughs> well, let, let's let's move on to to a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart, Katie. Let's talk about SpongeBob Halloween specials. There's some Ooh, good ones. There. there are some good ones in here. Do you have a favorite? It depends what we're counting. Whatever you want to count. I mean, I in in my in my mind, the the three main ones are Scaredy Pants, which is the the first appearance of the mm-hmm. uh, Flying Dutchman. I was a teenage Gary, and the Graveyard Shift. Those those are like the three uh, holy yeah. trinity of Hollow SpongeBob. You could probably also which ones is the, is this flying this one Flying Dutchman one isn't the one with the perfume store though, right? No, that's the one. It's the one where SpongeBob dresses up as the Flying Dutchman. Uh, and meets the real Flying Dutchman. Okay. And then I would put adjacent the Flying Dutchman perfume store one because that is all the Flying good. Dutchman. Yeah, um, that's less Halloween y to me, but it's probably the better episode. It's a good episode. It's got some incredible gags. It is less Halloween y, but that's also the that's also the Lee 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 one, right? That is the lead that is Squidward falling <laughs> through an LSD trip. Yeah, yeah, accurate. Uh, the perfume scene is one of my favorite moments. I still the sock going through the perfume department uh, as as your uh, as every time I walk into like a Macy's or something, I just I can't not think yeah. about the perfume department. Exactly. Um, okay, but of the three, three, Scaredy Pants is the best Halloween episode. Ooh, I mean, I think it's the only one that's like legit a Halloween. Exactly. Episode. So when, if I'm ranking in terms of like it's a Halloween episode, that one's the best. It also has the gag that I hate the most. With the braid? Uh, no, it's one I love. I hate love it. Oh, I mean, it freaked me out good as a kid because like exactly like, that's like early SpongeBob too. So this was like yeah. like one of their first real gross-out gags where like. You, you 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 see the spongebob's just exposed brains and he and he pats it and it makes such a wet noise like actually ugh, it's the- that gag sits with me also squidward's costume sits with me for some reason remind me what he's wearing i think he's just wearing a pirate costume but i think it's the beard that i remember oh oh i know what you mean yeah no i remember it now all um, right isn't, isn't that the one where sandy is is has her head looking like a fish in a fish bowl? yes which is great is that racist? Is the question. I mean, she is dressing up for Halloween as a different race than her own. Have I ruined SpongeBob for you? Not ready for the ethical debate. <laughs> All right, we won't go there. We won't go there. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about I Was a Teenage Gary, where... Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> that, you, uh, you probably know. The audience doesn't know how many times just randomly during a day to a week, 
I will just go into that. <laughs> that just kind of lives in my head. That that is that is a little bit your aesthetic, your your verbal aesthetic. Your waiting music of my life. <laughs> I mean, for for me, that episode just like mostly just really freaked me out. Like it's like Cronenberg style body horror when SpongeBob transforms into a snail. Like that, it, it's legitimately scary. I think it's that episode one of the scariest things I ever saw as a kid. Yeah, that episode is freaky in so many, like Gary, when Gary is decrepit because Squidward didn't take care of him. Yeah, that that's rough. Sad. I remember watching that and just being like, oh no, poor Gary hasn't been fed for a week. Yeah, it, it's a rough episode, but the ending stuck in my brain forever. Let, let the record reflect that Katie has made a chef's kiss. I, I want to make sure the audience knows that that was a chef's kiss moment. Yeah, because uh, it was. Sitting, I mean, sitting on the fence, doing that song etched in my brain for eternity. I want it played at my funeral. Noted. I will write that down. If I if, if you die before me, I will make sure to play the the meows from the end of "I Was a Teenage Gary" at your funeral. Is is that Thank is you. that what you're like? All right. Uh, the third episode, graveyard shift. I feel like it's a pretty classic Halloween episode. Yeah, I mean, that talk about great endings that might have the best SpongeBob ending. Yeah. Um, I went as the hash slinging slasher for Halloween once. You did. That was a great costume. That I. Costume too, because wasn't that just your like regular raincoat? Yep, that was my raincoat, a spatula that I own to make breakfast. I mean, you had the best out of any of us that year, and you it cost you nothing. So massive it cost me nothing. I put it together on Halloween. You, because you, you are the king of lazy costumes. I, thank you. I, bow to I you. don't remember what if that was the same year that I did a Halloween a different day with other friends with our queer correspondent and another friend where we dressed as each other. Which might no, be the reason. I think I want to say that was the following year, or maybe the year I before. Maybe it was the same year. Did you have two costumes that year? I feel like we did. We had a party and then we had an event for our dorm and that's why we had two different days of costuming. Maybe. That was the year one of you, you or Rachel had an allergic reaction to the makeup. Rachel did, yeah. Uh, our producer Rachel and I did a, did a essentially a couple's costume as the Babadook and Pennywise from It. Um, and yes, she had a bad reaction to her makeup. Um, but that, that I had I had the full face. I I somehow didn't suffocate under the full face of white makeup for the Babadook. Um, I regret nothing. That was also a great costume. I looked fantastic. It was a great costume. We had a good year. Really um, good year. That oh, that that episode might have my favorite SpongeBob gag gag in existence. Nosferatu. All right, we almost synced that up. I don't know. How we almost did. We Impressive did. for overseeing. Impressive over Zoom, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, that's I think that's my favorite SpongeBob gag of all time because it's so clear they had no idea how to end the episode and they just went with the most random thing they could think of. And it's a it's a reference that no child was going to get. We we all get it now years later. I think it's single-handedly responsible for keeping Nosferatu in the in the lexicon. Like, like we were film majors. Yes. We love German expressionism. We do. I don't think I've watched Nosferatu. 
I've only seen certain scenes. I mean, it's just Dracula. It's just German Dracula. Exactly. Um, but I don't think even my love for German expressionism and my film major academic career had me watch Nosferatu. Nope. And, and yet, whenever the, the phrase or the word Nosferatu is said, I think anyone in our generation instantly thinks of flicking the light switch on and off and the character is just playfully going, aw, you scamp Nosferatu. Maybe, maybe that's why we don't watch Nosferatu. Our, our professors are just scared of what will happen. It's honestly, it's ruined for me. I'm not going to lie. Like I might see it one day just out of curiosity, but I don't I think, think we think have to see it together. Maybe, maybe but every, every time. I'm sure it's, a, I mean, I, I, I know it's a good film. Like I, it, it was apparently a, you know, a really important milestone moment in horror and German expressionism. So like it's relevant okay. to the conversation, but also. Let's to- make a deal on this podcast that we may never li- live up to. If we make it on the podcast, we have to do it. That, that's the rule of the podcast. Sure. Everything we say we'll do, we have to do. Yeah, we're going to watch Nosferatu together. Okay. But every time Nosferatu comes on screen, we have to do the Nosferatu and then take okay. a shot. Just to make sure I understand you, you are proposing we watch the movie Nosferatu starring Nosferatu and every time he appears on screen, we take a shot. Okay, maybe we take a sip of our drinks, we're, but neither of us are capable of taking shots also. We're going to be dead in the first five minutes. I, I mean, ha- having not seen it, I assume Nosferatu is in the film Nosferatu quite a bit. Mm. You know I can't tolerate more than like three shots in one night. And like, okay, that was so my we'll switch it. I'm old now. <laughs> we'll switch it. We'll make some nice Nosferatu-themed mixed drinks. Yes. And every time Nosferatu comes on the screen, it's Nosferatu, take a sip of the drink. I like this. I like this. Much better plan. This one sees me through it alive, which is good for most plans. <laughs> I guess. So, so, that's, so that's SpongeBob. Those are, those are some, some great SpongeBob uh, uh, Halloween specials. Uh, let's move on. I mean, that was Nickelodeon. Let's move on to Disney Channel and a cartoon that I know you love dearly, uh, Phineas and Ferb, which had a lot of, of really fun Halloween specials. Uh, my, my personal favorite of their many Halloween specials uh, was the monster of Phineas and Ferbenstein, which was the one where they made a giant, uh, a giant platypus Frankenstein monster who terrorized the village. Uh, I, I just like that one because it's very quaint. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's cute. Like it has has good Halloweeny vibes. It I like seeing Candace sort of play the role of uh, the person still trying to bust her brothers, but now she's like inciting an angry mob, and like the mob is moving really slowly, just like uh, her mom usually does. And she's I mean it's it's also a good pun with mom and mob. Like ooh, I'm telling mob. Like I think that's a good joke. That's it's a it's like a good wholesome joke that I kind of appreciate the word play on. Um, do you know which episode I'm talking about? Have you seen that one? Or I think I have seen it. Does my memory uh, have a lot to say? No. If, if you look up the image, I think you'll recognize the, the platypus. Uh, I do recognize the platypus. It's a fun character design they go for, for, for Frankenstein Perry. Um, All right. I do like this quote, which is the second quote on the Wikipedia page. Would you hold it down? I am trying to use the quill. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. It's, it's like little, little like wholesome gags like that that I really appreciate what Phineas and Ferb would do. Um, 
I mean, that that's great. I mean, Candace is always the star of Phineas and Ferb, and she's she's in fine form in that episode. Uh, another Halloween episode she also has a has a pretty prominent role in uh, is Druseltown uh, Ween, uh, which is the one where Doofenshmirtz uh, get like is inherits a giant castle from his hometown of Druselstein, and that's where he hires Phineas and Ferb to plan an elaborate uh, Halloween party for his daughter Vanessa. Um, that one I, I I like the there's like a, an absurdist gag where everyone at the party unrelated to each other has either dressed as a vampire queen or the Scarlet Pimpernel. Um, I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. I just I'm amused by the concept of a group of 2015 uh, era 16 year old boys all deciding to dress as literary swashbuckler the Scarlet Pimpernel. Um, it just it's it's amusing to me. Um, also, there's some good physical gags in there with the uh, with Doofenshmirtz doing like a scavenger hunt through the through the haunted castle. Um, you know, he gets he gets beaten up quite a bit, which I'm I'm a sucker for some good old Doofenshmirtz slapstick. Um, that's a fun one as well. I end up with eight Halloween related episodes. Eight? Wow. Yeah. Night of the Living Pharmacist. That's the spirit. One good scare ought to do it. They also included scary things. Drusel Stein mm. Halloween, The Monster of Phineas and Ferbenstein, The Curse of Candace, Terrifying Tri-State Trilogy of Terror, and Face Your Fear. That's a lot. That is that is definitely a lot of Halloween specials, but also Phineas and Ferb was on for a long time. I know it was only four seasons, but I think it was like eight or nine years. Maybe not. I nine. know, it's wild. I always don't, I never remember it being that long. Yeah, I mean, it, it, la- it lasted from when we were like in elementary school to until we were in high school. So there was definitely a, a good chunk of years that that was going on. Um, I, I mentioned, I think maybe it was a last podcast or two podcasts ago when, I, when we were talking about Phineas and Ferb last, I mentioned the Night of the Living Pharmacists. Uh, that's their zombie episode, uh, which I don't believe you've seen, but you should because it's it's just it's just a parody of, of zombie movies. Uh, it's actually a really a really great uh, long running of Shaun the Dead reference where I think they get the actual voice actors from Shaun of the Dead uh, to do a little bit with each other. Um, it's it's very fun. Um, it ba- ba- basically it's it's zombies, but when they touch you, you don't turn into a zombie. You just turn into a, a basically a Doofenshmirtz zombie, um, which is just a good visual. There's a lot of really fun gags with the with the Doofenshmirtz zombies invading the town um and it's just kind of a good, good action moments of you know some some tense moments with these characters who we don't usually see in life or death situations so good 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 uh good Halloween uh feels for that one as well this first got a lot of great stuff this, this is perfect at everything it does I mean it's also got great Christmas specials that we might talk about eventually as well uh everything about it is very good <laughs> Uh, speaking of things that everything about it is very good, we already discussed this one in a podcast, so we won't go into great detail, but I cannot let a Halloween podcast go by without once again expressing my undying love for Over the Garden Wall. <laughs> I was expecting you would. I, I can't not. And again, we talked about this for at length. I think it's one of our longest episodes, actually, discussing Over the Garden Wall. Um, so I won't go into too Might much be one of those detail. episodes where we talk longer than the actual show is. <laughs> That's probably true. I mean, it's only 10 episodes and they're 11 minutes each. So we probably talked longer than that total runtime. Um, but I, again, cannot let the season go by without once again imploring you, audience, if you have not watched Over the Garden Wall, 
it's shorter than a full movie if you watch it all together and it's really good when you watch it all together I just did so again recently because it's my holiday tradition I always have to watch over the garden wall uh you should watch it it's really good it's got like the most Halloween aesthetic in a single thing I've ever seen like that if, where, where do you stand on that Katie do you agree with me most oh, absolutely <laughs> it's the most Halloweeny show that's not super Halloween it yeah, should be it's, got, not, it's got the autumn vibe perfect yeah I guess it, it's a maybe it's a little more it, it does technically take place on Halloween um mm-hmm. my, my, mild spoilers you find out in a later episode that the events take place on Halloween um but it has I feel like Stefan like this this series has everything autumn themes spooky monsters a demon in the woods children in costumes pants candy it's fantastic pants candy oh my god we love Greg so are you going as Greg this year uh I put together a costume uh I have nowhere to wear said costume to so it's just kind of sitting in my closet I'll find an opportunity maybe at some point to wear it um it looks kind of dumb because the I, I got like a green romper that looks you know kind of similar to Greg's. I got the extra small women's, and the thing is still huge on me. I know you actually had a Greg costume. That was just a joke. I, I thought I told you I was doing Greg this year. No. Well, I, you are spot on. I have the whole. I got white tights which I sort of just needed tights anyway. So like, I, I didn't consider that a fully Halloween purchase. I, I made the little the little hat, um, doesn't look very good. Um, but you know, it's, it, it was an attempt. <laughs> Proud of you. What? Proud of you. Did you have a matching partner to be work? No. Aww. I, I, it would be, you know, it's, it's hard to convince people to wear such a ridiculous costume. And also- I would have done it. I know, I know, I know, honey. If you were out here, we would have done work and right together and it would have been great, but you're not. We don't live in the same state anymore, which is sad. I know, I know. Your fault. My fault. Well, I guess I did. I was the one who moved away, so I guess. <laughs> I stayed put. You did, you did. I, I, I cannot, I cannot, uh, cannot deny that. Um, well, I think the, the one to, to wrap this all up, the, the last one I will discuss um, is, is the, what, what I consider to be the best cartoon Halloween specials that still go on to this day. Yes, the Treehouse of Horror segments from The Simpsons, consistently the best of the uh, new Simpsons episodes, even you know when they're at their worst, still always tune in for the Treehouse of Horror because it's at least a little more fun, inventive. It's a chance for you know, what's usually a very standard sitcom about an American family, although it does occasionally go off the rails, uh, to spread its wings and do weird, creative, spooky things that it couldn't get away with regularly. Um, so some of my, my favorite segments include The Shinning, uh, which of course is a parody of The Shining, but they don't want to get sued, so it's The Shinning. Um, as someone who loves the movie The Shining, it's the most spot-on parody I've ever seen, and it's very good at what it does it's it the 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 quotes in it are endless the the characters are perfect uh parallels to the versions from the film while also still being their own unique spins on the on the archetypes um that that's i think the best that like single parody of a movie uh in terms of one that that is a personal favorite even though i think it's an acquired taste uh i love the trios of horror version from the very first trios of horror 
their version of The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I just respect that they like kind of slowed down and took it seriously. Like there's still some funny moments that's being, uh, it's being narrated by James Earl Jones. So if that doesn't convince you to watch it, nothing will. Um, and it's acted out by Homer in the part of the narrator in the story. Uh, but they sort of just narrate the Raven and have Homer acted out. And you really get a sense of Dan Castellaneta's range because he's doing Homer Simpson's voice and he's, you know, exaggerating a little bit. But when he reads the poem, he is, you know, reading it as it's meant to be read. I think it's a genuinely good telling of the poem, uh, which is one of my favorites, by the way. I just, as a very spooky person, I I love I love the Raven. It's a it's a really good spooky story with some real a really great meter that makes it fun to say. I used to recite it as a kid, um, but I think The Simpsons does a really fun job at that. So that's that's a personal fave for me. If you only watch one Trias of Horror segment this October for your spooky season, I would recommend watching The Raven. It is on YouTube. I'm probably not supposed to say that because I'm supposed to be encouraging you to watch things legally, like on Disney Plus. But if you don't have Disney Plus, the segment is on YouTube because it's from 1990 uh, and the poem is public domain. And I don't think anyone terribly cares if you steal it. So go watch it. It's very good. Katie, any more Halloween specials to talk about before we wrap up this week's episode? Uh, the only other one that I really love that we did not talk about uh, is Scary Godparents. Scary Godparents. So that's from Fairly Odd Parents. I don't know if I remember that one. Do, do, do tell. So it is Halloween. Doo, 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 doo. Uh, it's basically Timmy's mad that he didn't get a costume he wanted. <laughs> um, that the, the rich kids uh, won in a contest. Oh, and he's also being uh, the Jackabots. And he's also having to deal with Vicky. And he wishes everyone's costume is real. Ah, um, so he does the Calabar's revenge. Uh, Beth's joke is that Vicky is completely unaffected because she's just the monster she always is. I love that. I love that. And the eucopotamiums come down. My huh? that she turns into a werewolf, or is that another episode where she's a werewolf? There might be another one. Mm. The eucopotamiums come down. Uh, That's a fun that. time. Yeah, there's a giant fight, basically, between the pumpkin bots and everyone's costumes. So I Timmy emerges as Chrisman, Chincraft, Nebula, Vampire, Lagoon, Monster, Ballerina, Hybrid. <laughs> I remember that. That was great. You know, I, I barely remember this, but now but you mentioning this has resurfaced in my brain the memory of another Halloween special, uh, the Jimmy Neutron one, uh, because all mentions of Fairly Odd Parents must must spark uh, the Jimmy Neutron. Do you remember this? It's, where it's a sort of a similar concept. Jimmy makes like an invention that like turns everyone into their costumes or maybe it wasn't supposed to do that, but then it does. And like some characters are werewolves, some are vampires and they have shenanigans until I, I think like Jimmy turns into a giant monster to like subdue them all. I don't know. Yes, you're raising your hand. You can continue with Jimmy Neutron. I remembered it back about the Timmy, the, about the Fairly Odd Parents episode. No, no, go back to the, I, I interrupted you. Go back to the Fairly Odd Parents one. It is the first one where Dr. Bender's dentist appears. And Dr. Bender becomes a crucial antagonist in a lot of episodes later on. Was he like the dentist guy? He was a creepy dentist. Yeah, okay. I remember him. He had that really like grating voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know who voiced him. Maybe it was Tom Kenny again. Um, no, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> That makes much more sense. They got Gilbert Gottfried for that? Because that, yeah. that, 
my, my first guess would have been Tom Kenny doing a Gilbert Gottfried impression, but they actually got him. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, I mean, this, this cast is just a wild time. Tara Strong, Greg Lyle, Frankie Munez, wow, Dee Bradley Baker, Rob Paulson. Who's Frankie Munez playing? Chester. Really? Well, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Huh. That's a surprisingly, like, not like a big name, but like a bigger name for a kind of one-off, well, not one-off, but like a side character. That's a pretty big name. What? At that time, a fairly big name. Yeah, that, certainly at that time. Yeah, that probably would have been his his absolute height of fame. Huh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, learn something new every day. What what a great Halloween this has been, Katie. Thank you for spending it with me here in our cartoon time machine. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into the machine and I guess watch Nosferatu and eat Halloween candy. Does that sound good to you? Great. Cool. I already started eating Halloween candy. Yeah. It, it, viewers katie is actively eating candy in front of me which is cruel because i haven't even had my dinner yet so i have to i have to wait before i can eat my candy which the dum-dum that matches the energy of this podcast yeah we have two two dum-dums exactly that's exactly who we are (laughs) so we'll pop in our time machine have a happy halloween everybody stay safe enjoy the spookiest season of all uh and we'll see you next time when i guess it will be christmas because as soon as halloween is over it's just christmas all the time I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, I am Scarlett. Okay. We're your animates, and we will see you next time. Nosferatu.